Good morning and a happy Tuesday to you folks. Top of the Tuesday to you. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how gratitude can build relationships, whether it's in your house, whether it's in a relationship you have, whether it's in a workplace, whatever the relationship is, creating a culture of appreciation and recognition really strengthens relationships. Because on the other hand, we all know the opposite is true. When a leader or a person in a position of power does not recognize an employee going above and beyond their responsibilities, somebody in the family going above and beyond their daily assumptive domestic duties, if you will, generally engagement plummets. Gratitude is truly a selfless act. Oftentimes, it takes many selfless acts to show people unconditionally that they are appreciated but it does become infectious. It's a sign of wisdom and maturity and a hallmark of humility because really gratitude stems from the acknowledgement that we have not arrived completely ourselves. And in the spirit of the golden rule, therefore I shall lead and do unto others as I want done and led unto me. I'm going to express my gratitude and appreciation today, folks. I hope you do too. Have a fabulous Tuesday. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Well, 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 it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday. I'm really excited for this Tuesday here. Holy smokes, I can't even get my levels straight. We're just that excited. excited. You know the best part about Tuesday? It's not Monday. Exactly, and we're getting that much closer to Friday. Which apparently is like the start of a weekend for a lot of people. Yeah, there's people that don't work on those Essential workers. Yeah. How you doing, folks? Jason Spees here with the Crude Life Morning Show. That is Sterling. We are the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show back in the Industrial Forest Studios here. And we're going to be on the road again pretty soon. Yeah. Of course, you're on the road every day now with the... Uh, yeah, but I'm not driving to Texas. Real estate market back and going, so yep. you're... Real business is real up busy. and running yep. again. How many yep. miles did you put on yesterday? 300 and some. Cheaper. Yep, that's you an average day, man. <laughs> got the car a couple months ago. I got 10,000 miles on it already. I'm going to write down right now, though. I'm going to write down choir so we don't forget because sometimes <laughs> we get off. We actually have a topic. We've got today, a topic, folks. an actual topic. We're going to talk about Sterling's daughter's choir concert tonight. I call that the front line of COVID. <laughs> That's sure to get everybody's attention. Like I said, if, hmm. if I'm the CDC and I'm putting out guidelines as far as if I'm working backwards from the masks. <laughs> This is over everything. I mean, debate. that Those kids are six feet apart to begin with. Nobody shows up, yep. including the parents. Golf, out, outside. I mean, basketball. Okay, well, maybe, yeah, you know. Yeah. But choir, that's all, it's all saliva in the air, man. Yeah. And coming up later, it's a sneezing contest. Yeah, the first two rows will get wet. <laughs> Show up like a Gallagher concert. <laughs> with a tarp. That'd be so nice. Half our audience. What's a Gallagher? Oh, geez. Exploding watermelons yeah. in the front row is a Gallagher concert. Google it. You'll appreciate it. Think about that. How great of a job you had. What, smashing watermelons? Where it didn't even matter what you did because mm. 
everybody went home happy because you took a big giant clown mm-hmm. sledgehammer and smashed a watermelon. <laughs> Who doesn't like watching people break stuff? I love it. I've told you my idea for the greatest YouTube channel ever, right? Oh, we get to let this out on the air? No. This, okay. one, is, this one is between commercial breaks okay. idea. It's okay. that good. Okay. Folks, coming up a little bit later on this week, as well as today, we've got a whole bunch of interviews still from the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. Of course, thank you once again to the fine folks for your hospitality at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference which I call the kickoff to the season. It really is the summer get-go, isn't it? Well, you've got these other you know, kind of niche conferences mm-hmm. that are kind of preseason, right? Yeah. But this one, boom, 30 CEOs, chairman. We got the, you know, Neil Cash Carey from the Federal Reserve. He was there by uh, video this year. Okay. Of course, some of the people went by video that normally show up uh, the last time. CNBC showed up. Yeah, they did their they did a day show just of, from uh, there, just from the Willison Basin because that's the place to be in the country. And Secretary of State. Pompeo oh yeah, was I there. mean Mike Pompeo was yeah. there, yeah. former U.S. Secretary of State. Uh, yesterday on our program, because I'm so humble, I always forget to. <laughs> I always forget to mention. Yes, yeah, so humble. We had on uh, Kelsey Warren, the CEO of. Energy Transfer. Really? I'm sorry, the chairman. Chairman. Chairman of Energy Transfer, the company that does the Dakota Access Pipeline. Nice. Of course. What's going on by, with that? By getting them, meaning we got into a room. Okay. You were in the same room. Now keep, yeah, and that's the one thing that, you know, there's probably some people out there, some nitpickers, mm-hmm. like, it's parsing my language because, you know, hey, folks, guess what? Right. A little bit of marketing. When it comes to social media, so a little bit. So we, we didn't get a sit down one on one. Wasn't an intimate them. candlelit dinner. But it was one of six. You know, I mean, we were one of six in the room. Those are good odds. So when you, but in order to get to that next level, you got to you know be approved. Like we, um, I found out we got background checked. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And they still let you in. No, Jenica. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was smart. Send it in, Jenica, send yeah. in the clean one. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, you know, I, I had so much other stuff going on. So I, and I'm, of course, grooming, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, separate myself from that world yeah. so I can editorialize about that world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see, just want to have the fun now. See what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you yeah. just want to have the I'm, fun. I'm trying to play hard. Right. Uh, also, it's a little premature, but I'm going to go ahead and mention also, we got the soft green light on the television show. I am excited about this. The Crude Life. So uh, that is a, uh, you know, we, it's, it's on to the next meeting, okay. which is good because that'll be our third meeting now for the uh, Crude Life television show. And I'm sure it's not going to be called the Crude Life when it's all said and done because even I'm smart enough to know that is... Uh, y- if, if we're going to go for, audience. well, if we're going to go for more of a of a mass audience, mm-hmm. the crude life will be a segment, sure, in a bigger program that's right. more like all energy or, you know, the, the, that could be a name. All yeah, energy. the direction right. everything's going mm-hmm. right. So you know, and I like everyday energy for everyday people, but that's way too long. It's hard to put on a bumper sticker. Yeah, it's a good I mean, slogan though. You know, it's like for the announcer. It kind of reads like one of those eye tests. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? You go there, you're like, you just start reading sentences. Well, hey, three meetings. I've always heard if you can get the third meeting, that means they're not just humoring you. They're actually interested. By the way, on Friday, that's, yeah, 
three well it's either thirds a charm or three strikes you're out yeah take donuts or something so so either well actually actually yep. haven't i told this story no Salespeople, business development managers listen up <laughs> greatest sales meeting of my life impromptu decision made on the fly because i stopped at casey's i think it was stop and go mm-hmm. back then was going to pick up donuts. Going to go meet with realtors. Mm-hmm. Got to bring... Oh, you work with realtors all the time. Yeah, sugar is an You know, end. those slopping guys oh, yeah. and girls. They mainline the sugar, man. Oh, man. And, and if you don't bring something to bribe them, they ain't listening. No, I'm not even going to show up in a meeting unless I got 24 donuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're not going to so, listen to you. <laughs> totally. Well, usually they're the ones on the receiving end. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they, I don't blame them. No, when they, they might... get a chance to get up to the buffet, yeah. pig out, baby. Exactly. Pig out. So I just remember going, oh, I'm going to meet with some realtors. I better get some, some donuts, mm-hmm. right? Take that's some treats. The, that's the entry-level expectation. Yeah. Well, I go to uh, Stop and Go Casey's, sold out. Head over to the Mini Mart. I believe it's Loaf and Jug now. Loaf and, and Jug. Might even be something else now. Because yeah. Is Loaf and Jug still the name? I think Loaf and Jug still is around. They haven't yeah. made fun of it enough to change the name? Okay. What, you think that one's worse than Come and Go? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not North Circle K. <laughs> no. There's... I never thought about that. <laughs> I grew up with those. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when Loaf and Jug is your winner in that, <laughs> yeah, that group. Is when that's it? the best one you've got. That's the least offensive name. When, when, did, wow. when I did the business paper, uh, the business journal of Fargo Boarhead, I, I put that on the lead story <laughs> and, on the front page, and I got so many people commenting on that that thought we went the onion route. Yep. They thought we made the made-up route because they were like, we actually got emails and letters that said there's no way anybody is naming their business Loaf and Jug. Not only have they named it, they franchise that shit, man. It's it's available. <laughs> and guess what? We got radio stations in Wyoming. They're out of Wyoming. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Mini Mart was oh, uh, yep, out of Chey- right. Cheyenne yeah. or Casper. I think it might I think. be yeah, Rollins maybe. Anyway, I can't remember. But <laughs> okay, so where do we start with this? That, okay, um, donuts, taking food. So best meeting ever. I stop at Mini Mart. They're out too. Okay, well, I'm about. 20, 30 minutes tops from this you know, meeting with a dozen realtors. Grab a dozen snickers. I can't show up empty-handed. Ew. So I, I happen to be talking uh, with the, uh, the regular on the show, the gentleman whose names sound like a, like a motorcycle. <laughs> and he just says, pick up some Egg McMuffins. Bing! Light bulb went off. Oh, man. Went through the McDonald's drive-thru. Half sausage, egg biscuits, you know, mm-hmm. half egg McMuffins. It was the highlight of the year. Oh, dude, you just made their day. Of That's the breakfast. Year. Oh, no. They just said, I just upped the bar to the new oh, entry, oh. entry-level <laughs> expectation now. Donuts ain't going to cut it no Not more. Not anymore, man. Not when you can bring... All right. Next time, we'll do pancakes. Greasy gut bombs oh. in there at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah, you know? they're all oh, in a food man. coma 30 minutes later. So I, I did learn that uh, if you want to impress somebody in sales... Just a little bit above and beyond with the foodiness, mm-hmm. you know. You know, maybe sushi. I, I'm just saying, you know, throwing that out there. Of course, somebody with a seafood allergy might not appreciate yeah, that. Or if it was like, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to bring this yesterday, but here's some sushi. Here's some gas station <laughs> sushi. <laughs> so, hey, sorry, they didn't have any donuts, but yeah, leftover yeah, sushi on sushi. I think it's sushi. Oh, it's man. been sitting there. <laughs> 
So last Friday, we had a great show, by the way. We had uh, Ashley Smith, who was at the show, the Williston Basin Conference, and we'll start talking about the other stuff too soon, but she's with Truckers Against Trafficking. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah, this and, you know, it was an interesting thing because, you know, anytime there's problems, mm-hmm. nobody likes to talk about them, right? So, we, we, of course, we do, but it was just, I forgot about the, the professional escort. I called it the Robert Kraft <laughs> uh, vein of, of trafficking. I forgot about that because you always think of, like, the... The stereotypical pimp, dirty John, right? right yeah. Well, it turns out most of the, uh, you know, m- m- a lot of them are women now mm-hmm. and ex-military because mm-hmm. they know how to navigate the system better. Yeah. So anyway, that's an interview that's available. S- Go ahead. Right. No, I was just, just going, ugh, that sucks. You know, well, you've got daughters. Yeah, so. you think about that kind of stuff every day as a parent. Oh, what else we got? Oh, Talon Grabo. Not Grabo, it's Grabo. Grabo, which is a great name. Talon. Talon? Yeah. That is, I mean, that sounds aggressive, right? Eric Calderon, not related to Avon Calderon. Okay. Calderone. Just going through my list here. We did like over 20 interviews. Yeah. So we did a lot. Seriously, man, you can just shut um, down for a month now and let the interviews just. And I haven't even gotten to uh, Jenica's whole list either of uh, all the places that she, we were able to get access to and everything like that. So and it was a real success. Do you, do you think the next event is going to be that many interviews or was this because you had all those CEOs there in that one place? Almost like I handed you a sheet of paper and said, ask this question, which I didn't even he do. He didn't this time. So our next event is coming up down in Texas. It's, it's the Shale Re- Energy Resources Show. Mm-hmm. It's the week of uh, the 9th. I want to make sure I got that name right there. Yeah, you've got a couple events coming, so make sure you got them in the right order. Well, the Bach and Barbecue is on the 18th. Okay. That one I know. Yeah. And by the way, the girls did a fantastic job yesterday on statewide TV. Jackie Jenkin and Tiffany Steiner, they were on statewide television, KFYR, for about, oh, a good 10-minute interview doing nice. Bach and Barbecue, yep. first responders Talking this year. I bet you, you know, there's going to be a huge turnout this year. Two things. First of all, did I tell you the story about how somebody came up to Tiffany Steiner at the Bakken Barbecue and said, did you hear? No. They're going to be having ESG certified <laughs> baked <laughs> smoked potatoes at the Bakken Barbecue. So it's already getting out there, huh? And and the co-founder of the Bakken Barbecue, who's mm-hmm. the chair, who mm-hmm. approved the idea, <laughs> just looked at her and said, um, yeah, I have heard that. Yep. And just started laughing about that because apparently the approved. potatoes have taken on. We're going to marinate them in the uh, hair palmade of the climate envoy, John Kerry. Can't wait for that. <sighs> We're going to have all kinds of uh, Mayor uh, Steve Bakken, Mayor, uh, Bismarck Mayor, is going to be there handing out. Mick Hager, president of K9 Pipe Inspection, is going to be there handing out potatoes. Sean Forbes of OG Directory is going to be handing out potatoes. And these are going to be hot potatoes. These are going to be ready to rock potatoes. And the uh, baked potatoes are hot, too. Mm. Oh! 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 oh. oh. Well, I just, I, you know, if I'm going to soft just rattled ball, off three yeah. of the most beautiful women yeah. out in the... Steve Bakken was in there. Notice that? Well, of course. Like, men and women. Right. Beautiful, <laughs> handsome. There you go. See, I'm just going to softball those He's over to you. such a handsome man, that <laughs> Mayor Bakken. Fine and sober fellow. <laughs> it's one of those mornings here mm-hmm. where it just... Yep. We gave How's up. coffee. We gave up a half hour ago, and we just started the show 15 minutes ago. It's one of those mornings, <laughs> folks, that we got going on here. 
What else do we have happening? So we've got, let's see, Hoover, what's this, Hoover Dam mandates? I don't even know what that means. Sterling's executive orders, apparently. <laughs> you just write notes to just yourself. Well, you know, oftentimes from Jason, I'll get these texts, you know, like six in a row at like 2.30 in the morning. They're just these ideas, you know, just this, we got to talk about this on the show. Why does it say to catch a predator? I don't know. The, the, the Hoover Dam one I remember, though, because we were talking about Hoover Dam, and you were talking about we should send students out there to take a look at it, you know? Oh, to see uh, more about the collaboration on how to build something. Yeah, but about- also on how it's um, the carbon aspect of it, I think you mentioned, too. Like, it's releasing carbon. Was that it? No, that no, wasn't me. That's not you. No. Yeah, see, I could have been Dream Jason. No, that wasn't me. No, I. You were wearing a weird hat. So that doesn't the thing like that gets me about the Hoover Dam if this is what I wrote down, um, was because uh, they had to build like a rail system. Yeah, it was out in the, I mean, it is the middle of nowhere. And so they had to build a city, Boulder yeah. City. Yeah, just, to, just for the, the workers, And, and right? there's, actually, there's a, a population man, or a control. So right. you, you have to apply if you want to go there. They only allow a certain amount mm-hmm. of people to live. I think it's Boulder City, I think is the name of it. But they, had, they built a railroad just to build... Hoover Dam. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. They had to build two major projects just to build the one. When is the last time the U.S. did something like that's that? That's what I mean. We were, we were sitting around in the uh, Boulder Dam, whatever the craft brewery place is. Mm-hmm. It's like one of three restaurants there. Oh, sure. The other two have been on diners, dive-ins, and drives, so nobody, yep. nobody <laughs> wants to go there. <laughs> yeah, they've all seen what happens. Well, no, it's, I've told you that, right, where... Once a business gets on diners, drives, and dives, nobody wants to go it's there like anymore. It's like the Madden NFL curse, man. It's a curse. It's a curse. So everybody goes to the other place. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, that, we were talking in that uh, that bar one day, me and some regulars, how America's so divided, I don't even know if we could pull off the Hoover Dam. I don't know if we could get the approval for it. Yeah. But that's, that's what needs to be done if we're going to go to this next transition of EV vehicles and trying to phase out oil and gas and figure out coal's mm-hmm. place in this world has anybody called michael w smith to find out where coal's place in this world is probably not looking for a reason now i'm thinking a coal miner's daughter so. <laughs> place in this. that's enough yeah i, I was gonna say I'm, I'm, I'm pressing the cutoff because we're gonna get calls from the lawyers here we're gonna get a a bill from ascap yeah, cease and desist we like getting those though it and tells that, us we're doing and, something, And that's right? just because of the uh, amount of notes. It's not even for the voice. No, that's just the notes. That's Simon <laughs> Cowell. Worst ever heard. So anyway, choir tonight, huh? Mm. So for the first time, because you understand now North Dakota is really starting to open back up, right? For the first time since the lockdown last year, my teenage daughter, who's in choir, theater, all these other things that she hasn't been able to do. Business doing, daddy, otherwise known as the North Dakota government. Right, business daddy. So, Well, seriously, they pay all of our people around the state, so they listen well. Oh, yeah. So what, what does business daddy say to do at so school? At, <laughs> so there's only two people that are allowed per student to come and see the show. Oh, um, so the student gets a little power. We get a little power. Oh, get to get, pick. oh wow. They yeah, get you power. know what? And she picked me. <laughs> well, okay. That's an interesting sidebar here because yeah. now is mom going to take over who's in charge no you know what usually i'm the one that goes to see the events because grandma's only got two two more years good years left i know i mean do we want to send grandma i offered the front line of covid at the choir concert Ah, she's had her shots she's good she's fixed that's not proven yet Eh. 
But no, so here's what happens. I read an article the other day. I'm going to take some pictures for you. I read an article the other day on the website, IamNotAConspiracy.com. Yeah. It's a very good site. Okay, uh-huh. it, it said that <laughs> one out of four people were growing a tail after getting their COVID. Wait. Now, see, that number needs to be so higher. That, Otherwise, that was, what the hell's the point? That was after they drank Corona. Oh. That's what it was. Okay. Okay, go on. Okay, no, no, that makes more sense. <laughs> You remember back in the early days of this when we were all making jokes about it's the beer virus? Remember those days? I want to look up I am not a conspiracy.com. Would you just make that up? That's real. Dude, you need to go to GoDaddy right now and get that if that's not available. Oh, man. That's a beautiful thing about conspiracies. That's you can exactly just, the type of thing a conspiracy website would want me to that's believe. That's what they want you to think, man. Facts. You can prove anything with facts. Okay, so. So two people per student. Yeah, and we'll be distanced from other people, which is honestly, I love that about this whole thing is having to be apart from everybody people. gets their own opera seats. We get our own we get our own box. Everybody seats. gets to be the two guys yep. from the Muppets. All I know is I'm bringing a jug of wine and some popcorn. Um, the wine's for me. Uh, yeah, and then all the kids are going to be up on risers, separated. Oh, they're doing social distancing with the choir. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They've had to do that throughout where they're practicing, where they have to be several feet apart. My daughter said it's a big pain in the butt because it's really hard to synchronize and it's hard to, harder to harmonize when you're not right next mm-hmm. to it. But you know what? She's ecstatic because it's the first time that she's actually going to be able to do something like that, and that's what she loves to do. So. Do they have to wear masks? They, I'm not sure if she do. She does. We do. Okay, you doing the audience. They still mask up at school. But do they, when they sing? I hope not. This is what, this is... It's going to sound interesting. Well, this is the million dollar question. It's like Darth Vader singing. Well, because (laughs) out of all of what's going on throughout the whole evening, the singing is probably the most dangerous of it all. Like I said, I want to take some pictures when I get there because I'm curious. I bet you they'll have us a couple rows back. From and the front. folks, please don't let any of your children listen to this program. <laughs> like, in all honesty, like the ones that we swear on, that's fine. But this one, this one will actually scare people. This one is like you know uh, Santa Claus is you know not real type of seriously because yeah. I this is like heavy for kids. It is. This is heavy shit it for is. kids. Like to understand, like oh my god, like singing produces extra saliva mm-hmm. and just the whole mist of things. I wouldn't want any kid thinking that. Well, everything my daughter does. Whether Do you know what it's, I mean? Yeah, no, theater, choir, totally. and, and band. Every one of those is all about expelling a bunch of spittle. <laughs> Anything that gives you passion and a reason yeah. to emote yeah, exactly. is, is going to release some sort of saliva in a mist mm-hmm. form or perspiration form, you yeah. know, like... Out on the you know out, out on the basketball court, same thing. Well, if in two weeks from now there's some sort of super spreader event, I hope it's at least a fun show. Well, there will be. They're they're doing all the fields around here with the spreaders, with aren't the spreader. they? Yeah, with the manure spreader. <laughs> oh wait, that was the Republican convention. Oh, oh we're Johnny Carson, folks. Oh, okay. You are on what's, fire. Today. What's a Johnny Carson? What is a Johnny? Every see everybody. Knows. The last time late night was funny. That's what a Johnny Ooh, Carson is. Yeah. Yeah. No offense, Letterman, you were pretty good. Yeah, but I not like Leno. Leno. I was never no. a Leno fan. Jimmy Fallon, no. no. Jimmy Kimmel, yes. Yeah, I, he's I, pretty fun. I don't watch him, but I respect him. I enjoy him. He was the man show back in the day, he, wasn't he? He was the man show. He was Ben Stein's money. That's he right. was uh, something else, I'm sure, but... You can tell he's talented. Oh, yeah. He's really talented. He's also been tamed a bit because he's got kids now, so he's a little bit more adult, I guess, mature. 
You know, he probably would have went the Joe Rogan route, probably. actually, if if he didn't go the mm-hmm. you know the national television route. Yep. I, I bet he would have been because he he was up there with John Stewart. He was up there with yeah. obviously Jimmy Fallon, all these guys, and and there's a reason he's on late. Was he late, 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 late? late yeah, and he does a lot of uh, he does a lot of writing, you know, comedy writing and stuff. They've so. asked him to go to other slots, and he says no. He's happy. Well, he's got his audience. He he understands that the tele. It's like with us with radio. Mm-hmm. Newsflash here: one of the biggest reasons. There's several, but one of the re- reasons that we continue to do radio is for validity. Sure. It gives us a whole different validation than an, than an average podcast. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jimmy Fallon. If he put that show out like Conan is trying, yeah, Conan's on cable. Mm-hmm. Someone else is on internet. Who is? Or is he not even on cable anymore? I think he's only on Hulu. Yeah, and I think he's stopping his show too. So, so well, right yeah. because distribution's difficult. Mm-hmm. But if you get something with built-in distribution like NBC, ABC, Cha-ching. CBS. Or whatever your local AM radio station is, where those farmers, truckers, and <laughs> grandparents haven't changed the dial since 19 Dickety Two. Yeah, 19 Dickety Two. It was those trust were good me, days. And it was 19 Dickety Two. Oh yeah, not 2000 <laughs> when they changed the dial last on their AM or FM radio. I see now you're already getting people confused with, with the word the radio? radio and AM and FM. And true story. Not to segue again and have ADHDH radio this morning, which is <laughs> like late. every morning. So Squirrel. my my son comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, Dad, you got to check this out." My friend Ben, who's one of his friends, he goes was crying laughing at that video you used to show me as a kid. And it was the one with the Muppets, mm-hmm. with the yip, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, telephone. That one was the yeah. phone one. <laughs> and this Ben guy was like trying to describe this uh, fry monster. Right. And, you know, it's just like one of these things where these kids are trying to describe an adult thing. Well, because and they don't have the language for it because they didn't grow up with it right. the same it's, way. Yeah. Much like when my son's friend was eight years old and he was in a car where we didn't have power windows. Would that trip him out? He couldn't figure out how to roll the window right. down. What's this crank thing for? Yeah, well, he, that was the last thing he was going to look right, at. Yeah. That was going to open the door, probably, in his mind. <laughs> yeah, eject the seat or something. So getting back to the choir concert. So, <laughs> okay, so imagine the whole auditorium then is just going to be sparsely filled like a lot of the sporting events. Mm-hmm. They're going to have probably different risers, and they'll be triangular, socially distanced, I my guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Are they going to be on risers? Or? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if they, it, 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 they might be able to split them up enough. I mean, one advantage is I might actually be able to get a good picture of my daughter. Well, you'd think that the people on the riser would have more of an arc. To spittle. With their spittle. Yeah. So this is, uh, boy, this is. You know what they should do? They should give us all like those types of shirts that show up really good in black light and then have the show. And then before they leave, they'll just show us what it looked like. You know, like if you've ever done that in a motel room. Have they sent the songs? Do you know what the songs are? That's a surprise. It's a half hour, which means it'll be an hour. Do you think they take out like songs that have a lot of P's in them? <laughs> <laughs> Hard R's and things like that. <laughs> Polly Wally Doodle all day. You know, just things that are P's and... Lots uh, of spittles. A lot of spittles coming yeah. out there. But. I'll let you know how it turns out. But, you know, I'm just happy to see that we're starting to to get back to a little bit of that. You know, There, there hasn't been any stuff. Debbie Downers like the way I just yeah. di- dissected the way that Debbie Downer works. <laughs> nah, we're happy. Well, that's, you know, there's people out there that are 
they, they, they get bored. Mm-hmm. They get bored and they like to just have their voice be heard and felt important. So they're going to go out and ruin some kid's choir concert, you know. And, and then they'll go type about it on, uh, what was it, the I don't believe this conspiracy.com. This is not a conspiracy.com. <laughs> You're looking it up now, like, what is it? heard on the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, Check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, gam.ai. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. 
it's an important part of what goes on in this state and safety is is really important obviously to all of us absolutely you know the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused i mean of President Biden's administration that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move. And I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing, what I think sometimes is just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company and <laughs> pull in an electric car? So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Whiting, our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies. On this Tuesday, we've got Sterling here in studio. Industrial Forest Studios back yeah, in after the... A, after a week on the road. I know. By the way, you asked about the Shale Energy Resources Conference coming yeah, up June coming up 9th and 10th at the Midland Horseshoe Pavilion. That's going to yeah, it's be coming up. It's going to be a really big event, by the way. Yeah, how many people for that type of thing? Well, it's their first one. Okay. It's their first one, but as far as I know, it's, it's the one people are going to. Well, we're going to be there. So. Yeah. Well, that's reason enough to show up, man. I'm just, I'm guessing though this this summer, man, we are going to see just a huge outpouring of people getting out there 
picnics, barbecues, events. Well, we've got some people scheduled already. We've got uh, the president of Liberty Resources. Mm-hmm. He's going to be uh, coming by the booth okay. at the at the shale. shale Energy Conference and Trade Show. Ron Gusick, he'll be talking about their electric frack. Ooh, is that that new disco funk band? I was going to say, it's that new dance all the kids are doing. <laughs> the electric frack. Move over, electric slide. <laughs> well, you know, I've actually, uh, Shale seems to be getting uh, good reviews in the news right now. Oh, really? Yeah. They're talking about, I was just reading on uh, financialpost.com that U.S. Shale oil output declined for first time in three months, starting in June. Are we doing news? I'm sorry, I just wanted to mention it. Are we, I mean, I just got to make sure I get the sounder up. Well, you just, made me, you just made me think of Shale. Well, I let's go. Let's okay, do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it, man. All right. Okay, so look at this. Oil output from seven major shale formations is expected to climb by 26,000 barrels per day in June to 7.73 million barrels per day, the first rise in three months. So this is coming from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, which I'm guessing has an acronym. Biggest increase is set to come from the Permian, top producing basin of in the country. Output is expected to rise by 54,000 barrels per day to about 4.59 million barrels per day, the highest since March 2020. And then output in every, nearly every other large basin, such as the Bakken and, uh, in North Dakota and Montana, as well as the Eagle Ford in South Texas, is expected to decline. In the Bakken, production is expected to drop by about 7,000 barrels a day to 1.1 million, the lowest since July. I wonder why that is. They don't really say. They're just giving output numbers here. What was that last one again? I'm sorry. That was, uh, they were talking about how uh, Bakken in mm-hmm. North Dakota and Montana and the Eagle Ford in South Texas are expected to decline in total barrels per day. The Eagle Ford too? Yeah. Well, the Bakken doesn't surprise me because the, the curve is going a lot more down. The downward curve is going more down than they had hoped. Ooh. That doesn't so, sound good. Yeah. We talked about that quite a bit with Kevin Black with Credence Energy. Hmm. services who's an interview that uh, we have here at the crude, crude life. life and eagleford i didn't know that was the case with the eagleford but okay. yeah, and they don't necessarily go into any kind of details as to why you know whether it's pricing or something else probably the same probably the same just the um refracts and the just the downward curve isn't what they thought it was yeah gonna be. somebody forgot to carry the one is what i always say <laughs> you know the projection for the for appalachia is expected to decline Slightly, it's uh, to its lowest since last year in October. That could be just regulations. Yeah. And but, you know, things. you're seeing uh, producers drilled 513 new wells, completed 754 in the biggest shale basins in April. Well, it's going to ramp up regardless yeah. for the next six months, but not for everybody. No. That's, that's what people don't get is the money's out there, so go get it. And not everybody's going to get it. Yeah, I wonder, you know, is it is it like downstream are less likely to be a part of this and it's more just the producers or is it You know, I, I don't I don't know. I mean what I know is like from a small business perspective mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people got new boats. <laughs> and so So they did get that PPE money. Well yeah. Yeah. Well if it had to be spent on payroll. Mm-hmm. Well, easy come, easy go, right? I think Tom Brady bought a yacht with his business. He did, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, he did. It was like a one point seven million. It was a six million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably can't buy a yacht. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
So, I mean, some people say for a rainy day, but the way it was kind of set up is a lot of businesses couldn't. You had to get rid of it. You had to spend it. Well, yeah, you had to get the currency Mm -hmm. going through the system. So, I mean, it's interesting. You know, some people, you know, I mean, they might have saved it after they paid the taxes. Mm -hmm. Some people bought boats, you know. Some people went on trips, you know, that sort of thing. Just go on all face, Facebook and yeah, oh yeah, now, now LinkedIn, which is <laughs> Facebook Lite now. There seems to be an exodus from that, too. Oh, a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's always nice to hear that there's going to be, you know, a better output going forward. But I can't help but read these things and wonder if we're just kind of reading about the last gasps, you know, because everything else seems to be it's all about the transition. Tell you, there's a lot of people that are very... Very uh, interested in how the next few months are going to go. Um, Let's put it that I way. I am too. And I don't even have a real and, stake in it. And these are people just kind of in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, they they got to figure out where they're going to put their energy. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mean that metaphorically. No, I mean, mean that it, literally. Yeah. You know, like their personal energy. Are mm-hmm. they going to continue going down the oil and gas route? Because empty you know, empty promises can't do it anymore. Yeah. And, and, you know, likes and shares can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, you know, we, we got to pay, we got to pay the bills. It makes more sense to me now. What you've been saying for a while is, you know, seeing that consolidation down to three or four major producers. Totally. That's the only way that you could control it at the level that they want to be able to control it. I think. Well, listen, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm not, I mean, I didn't just pop up as a podcast. Yeah, didn't last come on the last year. drop of rain. No, I, you know, just, I'm not a PPP podcast. Right. Right? <laughs> a, a, a result a of- government funded. Oh, do you know how many people put out podcasts last year because it was the only thing they could do? Yeah. They couldn't do anything else and the government's giving them money. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, we better put out a podcast. Yeah, I've got some time. That's the thing to do. Yeah. And then they post about, oh, it took us a month and a half to get our first one up. <laughs> Meantime, we're on episode 90. Yep. Just on this one. Yeah, which is crazy. And by the way... No wonder you never sleep. The Week in Review, 408 last weekend. Divide that by 52. That's how many... Okay. You said there was no math. Podcasts we've done there. So it's just... No, it's just interesting the way things are going. So uh, what do we got for the next... um, News story. Oh, okay. Well, let's... Michigan uh, I saw? Yeah, let's let's travel over to Michigan. This is coming in from Fox News. And... uh, Pull it up here. Michigan Governor Whitmer looking to shut down the Enbridge pipeline during national gas shortage. I'm taking every action I can to shut them down, quote, Whitmer writes in a Washington Post op-ed. So she explained in her Washington Post op-ed on Friday that the Line 5 pipeline owned and operated by Enbridge Inc. has pumped crude oil through the cross-section of Lake Michigan and Lake Huron, the Straits of Mackinac, for 70 years. Man, they got a lot of... uh drums beating out there in michigan they don't sure they? Are. well we were just talking about this a week or two ago that that four point they've got two 4.5 mile sections as a tipping time bomb the thing we kept coming back to is has it leaked has it been a problem in 70 years that's what i'm getting at 70 years there's no problems and in a couple of weeks now it's a ticking time bomb. another major news story out of a major news outlet didn't you, you mentioned the Washington Post, too? Mm, yeah, and, she wrote an op-ed in that. Okay, in Fox yeah. News. In Fox right? News, yep. So we got two major news outlets that are talking about 
an issue that isn't an issue that's never been an issue yeah, yeah. you know i actually what i'd like is for them to be looking at be like hey this pipeline has done a great job for 70 years let's see if there's anything we can do to make sure it lasts another 70 oil and water don't mix well that's our that's our slogan for june oil and water do mix <laughs> and they really do if you add enough they i do. gotta go out to michigan now yeah i think so I do. I have to go out to the Great Lake. Oh, no, I can go to Lake Superior. Yeah, Great you can go Lakes. to Superior. Yeah. But it would be better if I went out to Michigan and and showed her how oil and water do mix. Absolutely. And trademark it while you're doing it so she can't use it. I don't like driving east. <laughs> I don't like heading east. Head, head west, young hey, man. We'll grab a Tesla and we'll be there in six weeks, man. No problem. Oh. There's a lot more Teslas out east, too. Isn't you know, there? what's interesting is they're talking about, you know, Inbridge, the, the Line 5. Um, Probably more inbreed out east, too. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I'm just... Oh, Enbridge. What I'm talking about is, <laughs> you know, we had the Colonial Pipeline shut down. Yeah. Right? We had that hack. That shut down, uh, they say, over 5,500 miles. Cyber spray paint. Right? Cyber spray paint. Yeah, it was a cyber hack. Yeah. A lot more of that coming down the pipe, too. Literally. But in... So, you know, we're in a stage here where we're making a mountain out of a molehill. I mean, honestly, if, if you could make a better example of when a pipe is done correctly, it can last almost 100 years and not have any significant issues. And it's not like it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's in a place that gets heavy traffic. It's in a place where it has to be safe. That is an interesting juxtaposition. Thank you. Would dichotomy work? I, I don't know either of those words, but I like them. Did you just call me a dichotomy? Interesting juxtaposition or comparison to say of a narrative here. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, all of a sudden out of the clear blue sky, we could be talking about anything. Because remember, there's no problems. Yeah. Nothing happened. So we can talk about anything. We can talk about monkeys doing cartwheels. I think we need to protect that particular port of oral land from aliens. Anything. Right? What about aliens? We're going to talk about a pipeline problem that doesn't exist. Okay, now I'm going to use my position Mm -hmm. of authority. Because remember, the guy in Canada did the same thing. Right, I need to get you a gavel. So we use our position to get the media's attention because they got to print what we say Mm -hmm. because we supply at least 50% of their revenue now. Yeah. Okay? So they got to print what we say and they got to be favorable because otherwise we'll cut off access to them. If they don't ask questions we don't like, yep. okay, keep that in mind too. Or too many questions. That's how this shit gets out there. Yeah. Okay, so what happens is not only do they get a narrative out there that didn't exist before, mm-hmm. they get it on an outlet like a major 24-hour mm-hmm. news network or a major newspaper yep. that has credibility. Okay, that's number one. Number two... Well, they put a narrative out there, which is, oh, there's a problem. Instead of what you said, which is, what if the narrative out of the gate would have been, hey, we've never had a problem yeah, here. Almost Let's 100 talk- year pipe hasn't leaked. That's my headline. For once a, once a day for three weeks, let's bring out a different person that's worked on this pipeline mm-hmm. to explain how we've been able to keep this thing structurally intact for 70 years. Right. Find generations of people that have worked on it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But that instead, no, no, no. Instead, no. It's got to be a problem. And I'm I'm looking at the story, folks. It is unbelievable. Okay, you ready for this? Is this the last quote? It is. Here's the end of the sentence. Here's the end of the story. 
Running pipelines through the water of the Great Lakes is and always has been a dangerous threat, Whitmer concluded. I will not sit idle as this time bomb keeps ticking. That is aggressive language. Oh, man. That is, I mean, that is... Yeah, it is. It's burnishing one's credentials, you know, to to fit into some sort of ideology. So it's checking boxes. This is showing up to the theater and saying, it's going to burn down one day. It's going to burn down one day. And just keep shouting fire because it's going to burn down one day. And then when it happens, say, see, I told you. See, I was right. I was right. A hundred years later. See, I told you I was right. This is why, this is a great example of why people that are trying to advocate for, say, fewer pipelines or for more environmental consciousness, this is where they drop the ball, right? Because what they're focusing on isn't broke, right? And didn't we all learn that? Don't fix what ain't broke, right? Beyond that, it's a horrible example because all it does is illustrate that these pipes, if properly maintained, can last longer than most of us live, right? So I don't know how this makes anything but her attempt to politicize it, to look better. You know, and I identify with Democrats a lot of the time. This is just ridiculous. Sorry, I just got an email from U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. He met with the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Wonder how that meeting went. Probably a lot of gold, a lot of sacks. Wonder what that was like. <laughs> a lot of coffee and tea. I don't know. Well, I'm, normally when he sends me things, it's it, it's a pretty you know like like Dropbox mm. things that you and I would use, right? Right. Not this one. This is like no. From I have the, from I've, the desk. I've up. got credentials. Uh-oh. I've got to put in. Oh, I've got four different sites, and it's got a logo of the U.S. Senator logo up in the corner. Apparently, nowhere this, I've ever been before. This is official. You're behind the curtain. And, it, and normally it says like, you know, um, you know here's the video, mm. here's the audio. This one says media resources. <laughs> so it's a buffet. Come and get it. <laughs> apparently, apparently the, uh, what is that teacher proctor that shows up to, to judge the teacher? The evaluator. Yeah, apparently evaluate. the evaluator showed up yep. at, 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 at the White House today yep. with and the said, U.S. Nope, Senator's you got to do this, this, and this. <laughs> I mean, I've i never got anything so official and formal from the senator before. Just that search warrant. I, I mean. had emojis. <laughs> yeah, usually. I don't even know what the heck that meant. <laughs> well, good. We'll have to come back to that. Oh, man. Oh, it's fun when people have to be serious, isn't it? Oh, you know, I don't know that I could do that job every day, in and out. Suit and tie. Oh, that, that you know, and I I like Senator Kramer a lot. Obviously, he's I, I call him one of the actually the more authentic politicians. Well, he's accessible. Well, whether you agree with him or disagree, and him and I disagree on a lot of Absolutely. shit. Absolutely, I do too. But he's but accessible. At least we allow each other to disagree, and yep. he's accessible. He'll yeah. always talk to. You. He'll always give you something to talk about, and he'll give you a good quote. Oh, I was so happy when he got out of Congress because listen, getting elected every two years. Not only do you have the lowest self-esteem in the room. No kidding. You, you, you have to. You have to. I mean, you just, you're constantly yeah. on election all the time. That's a problem. I know. I mean, Such a problem. you probably get like maybe three hours a year mm-hmm. to yourself. The rest is you're being judged. 
So I was really happy when he got out of that two-year to six-year term because he could breathe a little bit. And then he actually started having fun. You know, when our founding fathers and the first people that worked in Congress and stuff like that, our first Supreme Court justices, you know, when Washington became president, one of the reasons he didn't want to be president and did not want to be president a second time is because it was financially ruining him to be president. Yeah. He couldn't be back at his homestead, you know, on Mount Vernon. So these guys used to pay for the privilege of serving the country. They'd get a salary, but it wasn't something you could live on. Right. You know, I'd like to see a return to that kind of standard, you know, where the people that are going to get in are the people that are going to be committed. I've wondered about that. This is another podcast for a different day, but I, I do think the country's ready for a big old reform when it comes to... Yeah, and I'm not talking pitchforks and God, torches. We don't need a revolution. Which could happen, but I think most people would be satisfied if they redid a lot of stuff just mm-hmm. based on the fact that back... Like, like the example... I'll give you two examples. Two examples. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, this would be fun. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Okay. This is more for bubblegum for the mind. I but that's like that. Okay. I like that. All right. Example number one. All right. I believe the country would change overnight if you got an itemized receipt from the government. Oh, Jesus. Could you imagine? Where they spent everything? I don't so think they when, know. When I grew up, I remember my parents fighting over... Uh, two-minute and 30-second phone call that costs $15 on the long distance. Long distance line. They're sitting at the kitchen table fighting over who called Aunt Betty, mm-hmm. right? And why'd you have to talk so long? That, she didn't give us a Christmas present. <laughs> and, I mean, you name it, man. It's it's gloves that's off over. for that 15 over, bucks. Over, exactly. I mean, that's a big... And who called the Corey hotline? <laughs> 1-900-number. Should be noted you had a lot of sisters. <laughs> so... If, could you imagine the, the talks people would have over who gave to the NRA, who gave to Planned Parenthood? Mm-hmm. I mean, two totally different spectrums right there. Sure. And the same person gave to that? Oh, man, things would change overnight. Well, and that's something that we've, we've, we've seen in, in oh. lobbying, right? And then it gets better. Okay. And then when they start seeing the local companies, oh, you start seeing the local people that mm-hmm. you go to church with, and you gave them $47 last year? And everybody in church now is looking at that guy? Oh, man. You telling me that guy in church is not going to start acting differently? Well, it's that social shame. Instead of big-timing everybody, like he's the big cock of the walk on the Mm -hmm. block, now he's got to look at everybody in the eyes. The single mother working two jobs at Perkins and Hardee's, who the government is reaching in her pocket, grabbing 50 bucks, turn around and giving it to the third richest guy in the block. Yeah, well, they need that extra money. Now, you tell me that an itemized receipt wouldn't change America overnight. I'd be happy just to see how much money we put out to people like Musk and Gates. You'd see Musk and Gates kissing babies and shaking hands every day. I'm thinking that's why they want to leave the planet before we find out. (laughs) Exactly. Because you can't do fire on Mars, so you can't do the whole you know pitchfork thing. I'll give you a, I'll give you a revolutionary idea number two. Okay, uh, was the first one too much for you? Uh, I'm a little mind blown here, but I'm ready. I actually think the itemized receipt would work. Oh, we we live in a day and age where we could do it. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the receipts I get from Walmart? Oh, geez, have you seen the ones you get from CVS? You can I w- make a I, I would fucking to, towel out of. I them. went to Best Buy one day. Back in the 90s. I was going to say, they still got those? Back in the 90s. Wow. I went to Best Buy in 1992. Ancient times. 
and I bought a Cherry Coke. I haven't had a soft drink in over 20 years. You bought a Cherry Coke at a Best Buy. Exactly. That's all I it's bought. It's like buying bathroom sushi that's all i bought was a cherry coke went to best. Best buy but not only that but you have to walk past the cashier uh-huh. to where the where the soda is on the way out walk back to the cashier to go pay for it the receipt was like a, a foot long. and a half long yeah okay and i saved it forever and put it on my cork board just so i could show people the <laughs> direction that we were going with ridiculousness that is ridiculous. Because I'm just like, no, the transaction's over. Yeah. No, we don't need to get ink and paper into this. Well, they got a wood chipper and a tree right behind there just coming in. So if, if we can do that, hey, folks, I, I'd like to know how much mm-hmm. money I gave to Paris Hilton's nonprofit. How about an app that dings you every time the government spends money on something you flagged as something that you were interested in? You know? I'm sure they have that. It's called mm-hmm. Google. Google. <laughs> okay. So the next thing. Revolutionary idea number two. You mentioned uh, back in the days of George Washington, you know, GW. Yeah, like the original call, GW. Like we like to call him around the house, yeah. right? OGW. <laughs> the original OGW. <laughs> so back then, the average person had less than an eighth grade education. And back then, people lived miles apart. <clears> and, <throat> and there was things called villages, and there was very few colonies and towns yeah, it would take you days to get to a city exactly you know and so life was a little bit different yeah um ethics reigned so if you were a man of ill repute Mm -hmm. you either got killed or rode out of town on a rail Yeah, or you were a pariah after you were tarred and feathered yeah okay which isn't as fun as it might sound and so you they they did their own justice, no, baby. That, they actually did used to ride people out of town that's, on a rail, that, tarred and feathered. I mean, that was a thing they did. Yeah, that's what I'm it saying. It was a real thing. They wanted people to know that yeah. if you screwed us over, we were going to bring you... Well, the French would hang you. Well, I remember they had... The guillotines, st- right? Stockades, too. Stockades you where know? you could throw tomatoes and rocks at people. You'd be there in public, right? Okay. Shamed. Back in the days of the of the Roman Empire, they would publicly stone people, and I'm not talking Colorado stoning. No, you're talking the bad kind. Talking the with rocks, I'm, I'm, right? <laughs> the people's front of Judea. <laughs> the people's. <laughs> the only people we hate more than the Romans is the people's front of Judea and the people's Judea front. <laughs> Wait, that's us. <laughs> so the other thing that you could do. You could vote for yourself. Sure. If I can get a rocket mortgage on my phone, if I can get $400,000 on my phone in 30 seconds by mm-hmm. pushing a bunch of buttons while I'm taking a crap, I think I could vote for health care. Exactly. I think I could vote for things myself. Right. I don't need the politicians sitting down with a handful of corporations to say what's best for me. Well, that's, you know, you just hit on a... That's, that's the issue, right? Yeah, it is. Go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. Get on your soapbox, Sterling. You just, no, you just gave me an idea. I think that's exactly where it could go, is it would be literally itemized for you. You know, it'd be like um, when you, you join a new company and you have to pick out your insurance, right? You'd pick out the things that you wanted. Those are the parts of the government that work with you. The other stuff is not something you're paying money for. You could do National Voting Day. Okay, but before some I, countries do. So I've had this idea for a long time, and I used to say that you just keep open the 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 police, the fire, and, and the, the hospitals. And okay, the bars. not even the grocery no. stores. Nope, not the grocery stores. Oh, you're talking like Blue Sunday. I'm talking here. about okay. just as as bare bones as you can, because 
everybody else gets a full day off go to vote. discuss the issues with their family yeah. and then go vote. Okay, and back in the day when we started this in the 19 dickety twos, this was a great talk radio topic, <laughs> was voting day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where you'd go do this. Mm-hmm. You'd, as if it's, It should be the most important thing you do. Yeah. So you should have the day off from work. Yeah. And unless you're there for emergencies only, which is hospitals, fires, and law enforcement, mm-hmm. you don't need it. No. Everybody knows that ne- November 11th this year, stock up on groceries. Get your gas filled up. You know, we can you turn know, it into a holiday. That's what I'm saying. It's a holiday. Every single year, mm-hmm. you know. At midnight till midnight, no going to Walmart. Yeah. So it'd, no be like going in, in, it'd be like living in Utah for a day, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Or North Dakota. Or North Dakota on a Sunday. Land the blue laws, yeah. exactly. You notice those just kind of disappeared? They just, one day I drove past Walmart before noon and it was open. Yeah, I, was I like, know. Oh, okay. <laughs> They, they, they figure that out. Just things they want to do. Just don't bring up. Yeah, bring just it up. don't just even do talk it. about it. <laughs> but that could be done where people so. can vote for themselves yep. on a phone and just they can either go to a place and do it behind and, and do the chads mm-hmm. or do whatever the vi- touch screens or whatever. No the more cases. chads, please. Or if they want to do it on their phone, we got biometric and fingerprint. Mm-hmm. That's more secure than anything else out there. In a lot of ways, you're right. You're absolutely. telling me about a dead wife of a murdered guy or uh, the, the murdered... Murdered the, wife of a guy that voted for her. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the level of fraud we have right now. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is they caught it. And they, they caught, caught it. that. Yeah. They caught it because they were able to look and go... This is an app, you know, this is a ballot that's not valid because this person hasn't signed up to vote. Sorry, know? folks. There was a story coming out of Colorado where a year or two ago, a guy murdered his wife. Allegedly. Was, allegedly. And it, and it turned out he did, right? But they allegedly. never found the body. They always say allegedly. Uh, did they also? Now he's being charged with it. Oh, I thought that went through. Well, we might be thinking of a different guy then. Oh, is there two? There might be. I don't know about the voting thing, but Colorado seems to have a rash of dudes that kill their wives. Are they the new Florida? God, I hope not. Florida North. <laughs> America's Wang. Yeah. Well, Wyoming's Wyoming, Wang. Yeah, right. We got Weld County sticking out there. They're the only ones, apparently. <laughs> hey, they're the, they're the good ones. You know, no wonder they're trying to succeed. In, in 19 Dickety, yeah. I was thinking computers are the way we're going to vote. That makes perfect sense. Now I'm terrified of that idea, but you make me think, yeah, there's probably something to that. If we were using our personal devices, biometric, that they could yeah. trace it, right? But I'm of the opinion, if you want to make people feel comfortable about voting again, make it a national holiday. Make it as yeah. easy as possible for people to go in person and vote. Dude, they shut down Vegas. Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, once they canceled March Madness and they shut down New Vegas, New Vegas, which has never shut down ever. There were people that made millions of dollars to make sure Vegas could stay operational in case of terrorist threats. Yeah. Because they could not foresee five seconds of shutting down Vegas. Well, it happened. Anything's possible. They're losing money being open, but they have at least the hope of making money. Like I said, you, you can sign your life away. Yeah, and we do every day. With Rocket Mortgage or whatever your mortgage is on your phone. I like the general guy with the hat. Shaq? No. <laughs> is he doing that now, too? He's the no, general. He's general he's the, insurance? He's the general now? No, he's the he's the owner of it. He's one of the I owners. I have no idea. That's which is awesome. really funny because 
That general looks like one of the most racist characters since Yosemite Sam. Yeah, he looks man. like Yosemite Sam in military I mean, garb, dude. How did that one sneak <laughs> past the goalie? Anyway, we got one more story quick. Is yeah, okay. Right? Just this is going to be a little bit local. So in Minnesota, no, I thought we had Snake Eyes. G.I. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Snake Eyes. You wanted to talk about Snake Eyes. So the uh, upcoming G.I. Joe movie for all of us G.I. Joe fans out there has been put on a back burner. What? While they another movie on the back burner? Well, that's because they're going to focus on the most popular character in the G.I. Joe franchise, Snake Eyes. Oh, so it's a Snake Eyes movie about Snake Eyes. It's yes. a Snake Eyes. It's an origin movie about Snake Eyes for the five or six people that are old enough to remember. Okay, here's my question. Will it be a silent movie? It should be. Right, because I have. You have I that have comic? Number... Six is or seven? 21? Oh, 21. You're right. Is it 21? 21? I think it is 21. The all silent issue. Number 21 where there's not any words throughout the whole comic. That'd make a good movie right there. That's what I Just mean. Just that story. I, I actually think that would play in today's day and age. Oh, I do too. Where just sit and you'd watch. Yep. Without well, sound effects. Yeah, you and, can have sound effects, yep. but nobody speaks. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Oh, I suppose people would speak, wouldn't they? Well... In the comic, they don't. They're, it's inferred that they are speaking, but yeah. But Snake Eyes doesn't, remember? Because he was in a... At He's least mute, right? The original canon I remember from the old days of comics is he was in a helicopter going into Iran to rescue the hostages back in the late 70s, early 80s. That went sour. Helicopter blew up in his face, basically. So he was not only mute, he was horribly scarred. Yeah, that's I why didn't he know wore, that. Yeah, that's why he wore the mask. That's why he looks like a ninja? Well, he, he became a ninja before that. I don't really know the story of yeah, Snake see? Eyes. Yeah, well, I'll have to give you my comic books. <laughs> so I have the comic book, and I've read it a hundred times. And I'd still behind the plastic. Yep. The, you know, the oh, plastic sh- sleeve. Save that for your I, son. I have probably 50 comics still in plastic okay. sleeve somewhere in this house. It's a retirement option. Somewhere... In, in and around this property. Okay. I have no idea where. Can be more specific? I have no idea. It's buried probably <laughs> underneath my fake gold. <laughs> that's your, that's your, you're a decoy gold. Well, right, because then they think they got the treasure. Right. <laughs> nobody's going to keep digging. <laughs> what I'm curious about with this movie is uh, Henry Golding is the actor. I don't really know him that much, but he's a good-looking dude, and... Snake Eyes never takes his mask off, so it'll be interesting to see. Is that like what they played, uh, they casted Leonardo DiCaprio with the man with the iron mask? See, that's why I liked that movie originally, because <laughs> you never saw his ass. Let's find the most good-looking guy going in Hollywood and put him behind a mask. Brilliant. I remember when they came out with the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie, and I'd been a Judge Dredd fan for years, and I'm like, okay, well, he doesn't take off the mask. It's like 30 seconds into the movie, he takes off the mask. Well, it's the same reason why you'll never see Survivor in Alaska or North Dakota. Because they don't find it very sexy to wear snowmobile suits. <laughs> and I mean, totally serious. They've, they've said that. Right. They've admitted that. That, oh, no, we'll never do anything where people wear a lot of clothes. Wow. Because they've asked them about surviving in the Arctic. Uh-huh. And somebody actually asked them about North Dakota, you know, because of our 70-mile-an-hour winters. Yeah, and negative 30 degrees. Totally. Yeah. And, and um, what's your way to die. Jeff so-and-so, Jeff Prober. That sounds Probst. right. Probst, maybe. Paps. P-O-R-B. P-B-R. Floofer. Hmm. The guy that's not Steve Deuce. The rodeo guy. Yeah, that the guy. The PBR guy. Anyway, the guy from Survivor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he flat out said, oh, no, we'll never do North yeah. Dakota. Because no, you would die. Well, no, that doesn't. he's not concerned about that because mm-hmm. you can get dysentery in the jungles there and, you know, sure. yeah. drinking coconuts probably. Yeah, you can but, dysentery at a lake. No, yeah. it's more about just sex sells. Uh, he doesn't think it's a challenge because everybody would be wrapped up. and you wouldn't He doesn't want the hot girls not in bikinis. He's you don't not think, an idiot. You don't think Milf Island, North Dakota would, would be a huge hit? <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could call it the Ice House or something like that. Today they're gonna go spear northerns. <laughs> oh wow! Wait, ain't that fun? Whoa! Oh, man. <laughs> well, she wants to live a life and happiness nonstop. heard on the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, Check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to GAM.AI. That's Great American Mining, GAM.AI. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure 
The forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. Sean Forbes, guest host, filling in for Sterling, who is back in Fargo taking care of his three women in his house, his wife and his two daughters. And uh, how's Sean Forbes today? I'm great. Enjoying the conference? I am enjoying the conference. I stayed out a little late last night, but I'm here, bright-eyed, ready to go. Some of us had, uh, you know, work last night and tear down the booth and get things right. Not tear down the booth completely, but... So, anyway, we'll talk about that another time. How's... (laughs) Kyle Barnoff doing today? I'm good. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Trigger Energy. What's Trigger Energy? Give us the shortened version first. So Trigger Energy, we do pressure control valves and uh, wellheads and production side stuff, rack stuff. But, you know, really we're a technology company and uh, just changing the way that we frack, actually. How's the conference going for you? Oh, it's great. It's nice to be up here back in North Dakota. It's been way too long with COVID, so nice to be back in North Dakota where I cut my teeth and excited to be here on your show. Man, I, I, I don't know if I told you, but used to listen to you driving the roads in North Dakota and headed to frack sites and always uh, always dreamt of being on your show one day, so really excited to be here. Thanks. Wow, you're the one. Wow. <laughs> I always wanted to meet that one fan I had. All right. Hey, look at that. <laughs> It's the day you've been waiting for, Jason. I I just thought it was my cousin sending me those emails. Anyways. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very humbling to hear that. Uh, It's nice to hear. We've had a few people stop by the booth and say similar things where, you know, because we're on radio stations all over the Bakken, and so I never know how people listen. Half of them are podcasts. The other half are radio stations. The other half is just me listening to me at a bar or a (laughs) coffee shop talking, you know. I did want to ask you about your journey a little bit. So you're Colorado, you're in the Bakken. Where else? What other uh, uh, states and other shale plays and non-shale plays have you been a part of? Because with software, I imagine you go beyond shale plays then. Well, we do uh, like Conventional, unconventional. Sorry. <laughs> no, we do the uh, pressure control side. So oh, my bad. Yeah, I not, missed not that. really in the software game. No, you're good. Like wellheads and uh, frag stacks and stuff. But um, no, I started in uh, Pennsylvania, grew up there. Went to oh. school there, got to know Marcellus through internships and stuff, and then uh, got an opportunity out in Colorado for a year, and then came up to the Bach and, and learned how to frack up here. Uh, so um, also worked in Uinta Basin a little bit, Ohio, Ohio, uh, down in Texas, uh, you know, a little bit, opening up a cement yard down there. Um, so I've been kind of all around, and I uh, got to experience most of the basins through my career, so very thankful for that. Um, yeah, so trigger, oh, I was going to say, you worked for a frat companies in the past yeah. that did actual pressure pumping, yep. but now you're more on the equipment side? Yeah, so yeah, we do like the, uh, you know, the, the reason I came in the trigger side is uh, trigger in like 2016 they started, and they were one of the first people to do the monobores that you see today, so really increase the efficiency of, of uh, the frack sites and, and like how you frack. So, um, in terms of what? So, I don't know if you're familiar with like the frack iron, the traditional frack iron, like the 1502 connection. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. I tried to buy some <laughs> once, and yeah. then I decided it was probably just a good idea to rent it. Yeah, yeah. Like a whole <laughs> fleet of frack iron is like yes. millions of dollars, right. right? Yeah. And you've got hundreds of pieces, and 
this 1502 connections is basically like a little nut you tighten up and um, you know it's it was designed for day fracks right when you go out you have to take a bunch of iron out to pump on on a well and your fracks only a day long so it needs to be light so you can rig it up quickly rig it down whatnot and uh, you know today we're just doing we're doing pad fracks it's totally different and I think it requires a completely different solution, which is uh, which is the monobore. Allows you to swap wells quicker. Uh, you know, we do swaps in five minutes compared to like 30 minutes uh, originally. And uh, Trigger is one of the first companies to, to do it in, in uh, Wyoming. And a lot of people haven't heard of them because they just kind of came up, you know, word of mouth is how they've gotten business. And last year I came on to help them kind of get a name more in the industry and continue to develop the technology that uh, got them bunch of business in the first place yeah that's awesome because time is money right yeah oh absolutely i mean yeah. i think we did like uh some of our customers see 500 more stages a year i, I talked to one of the uh, frack companies we work with and i think he's a little overzealous but he says he can replace an entire frack crew just with the uh just with the iron that we're able to provide and this increased efficiency by like eliminating frack rig ups and uh, really slowing or quicking speeding up that uh the swap time between stages. That's awesome. More stickers coming in to put on the crude life hard hat <laughs> planters here. We just had another. We, we just started that, right? We just started we just it, and started all of a sudden, it. you know, that's where I went. So I apologize. <laughs> I didn't listen to that. Sean, continue the interview because I got to go put a few stickers up on the hard hats here as the infectious crude life booth is happening at the Williston Basin Conference. So continue, Sean Forbes. Yeah. So where, where are your shops or where, what basins do you guys support. Yes, we started in Wyoming uh, by a guy named Leroy Dickinson. He's worked all throughout the Rockies and the pressure control side and our customers brought, you know, his customers brought him to uh, North Dakota, opened up a shop in Vernal and uh, opened up a shop in, in Texas in Midland. So um, yeah, expanded quickly through word of mouth and I think uh, I'm really excited for what we're doing in the future here and uh, hopefully we can expand further you know, from that. Yeah, how's it how's it going in the Permian? That seems to be the busiest basin at yeah. the moment. Yeah, I mean we're just establishing <laughs> ourselves. We've brought on some new uh, new members down there to uh, help us expand. But you know we've got some steady work and looking to uh, looking to grow that. It's one of our main areas of growth uh, this year. It's nice to see. You know we've been visiting all during COVID, and, and uh, it's nice to see things starting to pick up down there again. Traffic starting to to pick up. Activity starting to pick up. So. I'm excited what, for Premium. What's your biggest objection you're getting from people when it comes to your services and your products, getting them into the in, in, into the marketplace? What, what, what are you finding is the biggest obstacle, hurdle? Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle is, uh, you know, I have to go back to kind of this, I don't know if you, if you guys are familiar with the sandbox era, where we kind of changed how we delivered sand. Sandbox era? Yeah. What's that? That sounds cool. That's uh, The dump trucks? <laughs> yeah, like how you deliver sand, yeah, yeah, like how you get sand to location. I mean, the hurdle's the same kind of as it was now as it was then. We're, we're looking at changing, you know, we, we're starting to change the way that we frack. And frack companies traditionally, you know, really don't like to give up Sean's not in their head deviate they don't like to deviate from yeah. their design that yeah. they think works but you know exactly. it's educating you know new technologies or new methods new yeah. tools yep yep and I've been there you know it's uh it's a combination of things but yeah I think you said it pretty well You're also giving up a little bit of control too and it's uh it's something that's it's a tough change right they already have all this money invested in their frack iron now so like, what why change right yeah because it uh, takes an engineer how long to design a frack setup you know, so they would have to basically completely redesign their procedures and, and processes. 
Yeah, I mean, as far right? as like deploying us versus really not a ton of engineering that uh, anyone has to do, but it's it's definitely like a step change in the frac crew's operations. But honestly, you can you can reduce headcount on the frac side um, just from some of the increased efficiencies you get. You don't have the rig up piece. Like we come out, rig up all the iron for the operator, so it's ready to go. And the frac the frac company just has to back up and, and wing on. So you know the frac. The, the rig ups, right? You got hundreds of pieces of iron originally. You got to piece them all together. And then, um, are, you, are you familiar with the hammer test? You ever heard the hammer test? No. So this Is that like hammer time? <laughs> is it like a like a hydro test, but with the kick, the legit, kick, to, the kick test? Too legit to flip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I wish it was that much fun. We're all dancing in FRs out there on the, on the frag site. But no, the hammer test. Oh, now you're like, giving me an idea for a video, but go on. <laughs> Dance sequence. Dance sequence. Round two. (laughs) (laughs) So the hammer test. I mean, prestige worldwide. Sorry, I just had to. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Got to have fun. Got to have fun. That's part of the play hard portion here. So go on. Yeah. So the hammer test. It's just this archaic way of determining that your that your frac iron is tight enough to pump 15,000 psi through. So what we did is we ring all these up and then we hammer them to tighten them up. And then afterwards, you got hundreds of connections, and you're not, I mean, you think you hammer all of them, but you got to make sure. So what we did is we go around on the frac site and hammer hundreds of connections and listen for a, a ping. And that tells us that it's tight and okay to pump like 10 to 15,000 PSI through. Um, just seems It sounds little. like a sophisticated torque method. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it sound or what? Yeah, sound you waves? Should, you just, you're relying on the sound of the guy who's, who's hitting it. Right. right? So, but I mean, it's the ping, right? It's, it's the ping, but like, yeah. how reliable is that? I, I don't know. That's right? what I'm I mean, wondering. Yeah. Yeah, you got these. You always got new guys coming in. It's not really measurable, right? so that's why you know I think switching to flanged iron is so much safer, right? Because you're not relying on a guy to ping. We're tightening bolts, and we have like a. This sounds like to charge, me like right? the night and day torque spec. Torque spec, yeah. Yes. I mean, it makes the, sense, right? The right, night and totally. day technology of the builder taking his hand and just hitting a wall until he found a stud, yeah. and then taking an actual stud finder <laughs> and finding the stud. That's exactly what it is. That's what it sounds like to me. That night and day of the advancements of technology. Yeah, it's a so. great. It's a great analogy. And this iron's been around for years. We mm. pump. Uh, you know, we've used it for wellheads for years. All the API spec stuff that it's been around, proven. So um, just sounds like a huge safety. Measure huge safety improvement. Yep. Yeah, on top of all the efficiency improvements. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like a no-brainer, I think. But uh, it, like I said, that's so that's the barrier is trying to get everyone to say, oh yeah, like this makes sense, and we're going to overcome these control barriers that we kind of have with the frag crews and um, kind of the adoption thing, right? Just yeah. getting over that hurdle. I like but, it. Uh, Sounds yeah. like you're solving some problems or yeah. some at least uh, some concerns, right? With safety yeah and time you're saving time saving time yeah yeah Yeah, so talk to me about the regulation side yeah and you know because texas north dakota colorado three different regulatory ideas yep okay absolutely and in north dakota there's even you know there's tax money to incentivize behaviors and and business directional movings uh colorado same thing um, there's a little more aggressive. There's is more. You got to do this or don't do it. North yep. Dakota's is if you you know, we'll, we'll we'll help pay some if you do this. And yeah. Texas, 
the last interview, I think, what did he say? If you want good resistance, go down to West Texas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Introducing new products yeah, and you want, new technologies. If you, want, if you want to go to the meat grinder, go down to the Permian, I guess. So uh, talk to me about the whole regulation side because you've mentioned safety several times. Yeah. Anytime we're dealing with emission management or anything to do with vapors, immediately regulations comes into play. And now... A lot, a lot of governments are even incentivizing and doing other things. Is there anything like, does that play into it at all with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything from reducing the number of trucks you have on the road to number of personnel on, on site. And even with the efficiency gains, I mean, you get reduction in carbon emissions, right? Because you're using less diesel because you need less frac crews to frack. So, you know, like uh, even if you do like, even if you're able to gain the efficiencies to reduce your frac crews by a third or a half, I mean, that's that's huge reduction in the number of people you have going to location, number of miles driven, um, with tanks and uh, extra frac crews. And less possibility for incidents, yeah, for sure. Less possibility for incidents, um, and also there's there's a huge safety benefit too. Like we mentioned with those 1502 connections, you don't need restraints. You don't have guys hitting themselves in the shins with hammers. Um, hmm. And we have rig up crews who are experienced rigging up. They do it in a very very low amount of time. They're experienced with overhead loads. And um, yeah, just just a lot a lot of uh, ESG benefits uh, are there in addition to the, the carbon reduction from being more efficient and and that doesn't you know those numbers don't even get into like uh, simul fracking. I'm sure you've heard of simul fracking. Simups. Yeah, uh, yeah, like on the frac site when you're fracking like multiple wells mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, that that doesn't even take that into account. I mean, if you added added uh, if your basin's able to do that, uh, you know, if your frac operations can can accommodate uh, simul frac. You just probably doubled the uh, the amount of efficiency you see, um, the numbers that that I just threw out there. So that's scary for reservoir engineers to hear, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know all of us, right? Yeah. Like it's very Track exciting engineers. to get more efficient. At the same time, like I feel like uh, it's kind of scary if you work in the industry. But that's uh, you know, part of the fun of it, though, is to bring new solutions and, and get better and always be on the leading edge. Is a little motivation to you know, make sure that we're providing the best, best, most efficient uh, service every day. So. For sure. Where are you based? I'm out of Denver. You are? Okay. Yeah, yeah I think we were Me too. found out yeah. that we ran into each other at one point. <laughs> yeah, I think the last company you worked years, for, yeah. I think, or just maybe at you know industry events around town, yeah. probably. It's easy to do, right? It's yeah. a small little oil field. Yeah. 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 How's uh, COVID been for you? Uh, COVID was great. We are able to, uh, uh, myself, or, I mean, the company was great. We, we uh, kind of hunkered down. I mean, uh, not fantastic, right? We definitely uh, lost lost some business, people just shutting down, but uh, we hunkered down and developed uh, our, our ReadyFrac system, which was, includes our missile, and uh, you know, filed, filed the patent for that. And that's part of the reason I said we were a technology company in the beginning, because mm-hmm. um, we just have very open-minded, forward-looking people, got a lot of firepower on our board and in our operations. And when we decided to make this missile, uh, we sat down the drawing board and between the time we kind of drew it out the first time, had it mocked up, and started to file the patent. I mean, that was like two weeks. <laughs> Do you think COVID gave you guys an opportunity with a little bit of downtime to be able to dedicate some effort to this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, absolutely without COVID. I mean, if you're doing normal operations every day, like it's, sometimes it's kind of tough to set aside the time, you know, to do that. But yeah, definitely sped it up. I would say, yeah, for sure. Time well spent. Yeah, I mean, you got to use the time as, as you can, right? So. Yep. All right, I got one last question here, and then we'll let you plug your business and sure. make sure people know how to give you some business. Yeah. You mentioned uh, 
technology a couple times, and I want to say the second story I did or the first story, I can't remember, the shovels, you know, the back when the gold boom happened, it was the people that sold the shovels and the picks that made money. Yeah. I did a similar story like that in the Bakken, mm-hmm. and that was either my first story or second story. But the other story is that this is not an oil boom, it's a technology boom. It's driven by oil, but the real winners are going to be those that come up with a new technology on how to extract and harvest the oil. Yeah. You're nodding your head, so normally I'd just say, what does that mean to you? <laughs> and it apparently means a lot to you. So it's, it's me just kind of going back to that story and that statement I made back in 2012, wow. which is, this is a technology boom, not an oil boom. Yeah. So uh, just baton handed to you, and just elaborate on that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I think I was very lucky to start in around 2012 up here, and you know, I started on the frack site, boots on the ground, and I saw a lot of things that you know I thought could be improved, things that ended up becoming companies, right? Like viable companies. And with Trigger, it's been very, very, uh, I'm very lucky to come into a company with a lot of firepower, like I said, in the board, and um, we're looking at every day, like how do we improve the efficiency of frack operations? Because Every additional stage you can pumping hour you can squeeze out of a day just means that you're more efficient. The the uh, the operator is getting better return on on their investment. Thousands of dollars. What's that? It's thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, thousands per of dollars. stage. Yeah, yeah savings. Abs- absolutely. And and um, you know, today we're looking at how we um, reduce valves without using you know some of those crane arm systems. How do we reduce the greasing costs, which is another big one. So we're always looking at you know, not only how do we bring in revenue by deploying new technology, but like, how do we reduce the cost to our customer and increase their efficiency? And uh, you know, we got some exciting things that I can't talk about. I w- really wish <laughs> I could, but uh, we're yeah, like I said, reducing valves, um, increasing automation, getting people out of the red zone using some uh, some different techniques that are out there right now. And uh, I'm really excited for the future and really excited to be a part of uh, part of Trigger in the industry still. So I brought that up too because I just want to mention that, you know, when I did that story, part of the, the gist of it was the transition from these guys aren't slinging chains anymore. Yeah. You know, the, that, that old day of slinging chains is gone. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring that up again is because it's not that so much that the jobs are going away. They're just changing. True. They're just yeah. changing. So in 2014 through 16, we did a ton of stories on how the trade schools need to be filled up because that's where the jobs are. Yeah, that's where they're true. at right now. Yep. So if people would have gone then when yep. they started trying to educate the population, we wouldn't be in the issue we're at now. Yep. So a lot of the jobs are just kind of shifting. I'm a little. My concern is what happened to the coal industry is that when you had 30 guys mining a mountain, now they're down to six. Yeah. So oil and gas heads up, automation technology is where the new jobs are being created. That's all I'm saying is that there are still jobs in coal that you don't see. Yeah. They're just in the offices and clicking and clacking of the keys and you know the drones and whatever else it might sure. be, the software. So um, anyway, that's just a little existential uh, teachable moment here in the, on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and I studied the, uh, I, I got petroleum engineering degree and I studied like the oil industry uh, in, in college. And that was one of the big pieces like that they talked about is all the technology that we developed as the industry that's been gone into, you know, our uh, our culture, society, and the oil industry has really pushed some interesting technology to look in the past. So, um, and even with us, I mean, we, 
we we're creating jobs with uh, with these rig ups, and they're higher paying jobs than you know any of the frack uh, the the frack jobs that uh, that we'll lose. So, um, are you all hiring? Yeah, right now? we're growing really quick right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, not for me, but in general. <laughs> no, but for like me. it's nice to hear. <laughs> no, it sounded sounds like you guys are expanding into new areas. So of course that requires staff and yeah. field folks. So well, and as things as things pick up, we're uh, we're increasing the service techs. We gotta make sure that we're providing the good quality uh, customer service that we're um, known for, and um, also we're bringing on some. Uh, business more business development side stuff and i'm sure we'll need some more um, technology um, experience here in the near future too so well how can people get in touch with you give you some business and etc you can find us on linkedin we post uh post our new stuff there so i i uh hinted at some new technology coming out here and when i'm allowed to talk about it uh it'll be posted there uh you can find my contact information there and uh, also trigger energy trigger-energy.com is a way to uh, get in touch with all of our shops, find phone numbers. And, uh, Spell your name. Kyle Barnoff. It's K-Y-L-E-B-A-R-N-O-F-F. Awesome. Well, great. It was great to meet you and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. You guys too. Thanks for having me. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Great American Mining monetizes wasted, stranded, and undervalued gas throughout the oil and gas industry by using it as a power generation source for Bitcoin mining. Great American Mining Company brings the market and their expertise to the molecule. Their solutions make producers more efficient and profitable while helping reduce flaring and venting throughout the oil and gas value chain. And if you're a mineral owner, check out how much Bitcoin you could be making right now with your valued gas. Go to gam.ai. That's Great American Mining, GAM. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Speaks. My name is Jason Speaks, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who recently challenged the audience at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference in Bismarck, North Dakota, that the Bakken should become carbon neutral by the end of the decade, if not carbon negative. This is Governor Burgum's comments from the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. It's absolutely naive to think that we can solve the problem by cutting capital off from the industry that's producing the world's energy. We need to drive capital towards this industry so that we can raise the amount of R&D that's going on in this industry so that we can solve those problems. We've hit the geologic jackpot in North Dakota, not only with our billions of barrels of oil, our 800 years of lignite supply and our productive soil, but we also have hit the geologic jackpot with our potential to sequester CO2. The estimates we have today indicate that we have the capacity to store over 250 billion tons of CO2. That's enough to sequester North Dakota's annual production of CO2 for 8,400 years. Governor Burgum, who frequently points out that his approach to the problem solving is innovation, not regulation. We've got things like Project Tundra, which we know will be online later this decade. Coal Creek carbon storage, best management practices in agriculture. That's going to be huge. 90% of North Dakota is either a farm or a ranch, and we can get carbon stored in our soil and in our rangeland. We can store carbon from ethanol plants. Summit Carbon Solutions Projects are working on this, and we know that we've got people working on enhanced coral recovery. Talked to Denbury last night. They're bringing CO2 into the state to do enhanced oil recovery in the Bowman area. They will put a ton of CO2 down hole for every barrel that comes out, and they could be producing carbon negative oil. And that was North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. For more exclusive interviews, industry news, and fantastic features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts at our social media pages from the Facebooks to the YouTubes, Twitters, and LinkedIns. Check out thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry. It's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest.
Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band. Well, I know where the moon comes in 
right between the ocean and your skin.